In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Guy Get Beers. Brother! This is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs. I am your co-host, Sean. And with me, as always, is, well, now always, is my <laughs> co-host, Susie. Welcome back, Susie. That's right. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, I think we got some interesting stuff for everybody uh, today. Um, we do have a lovely guest with us this <laughs> evening. A lot of you folks already know this fine gentleman. But uh, he is uh, one no other than Mr. Brian Schiller. <laughs> what is that? Hey, man! Like you're our guest, I gotta introduse you. You know, I mean, just take everything she said and flip it 180 degrees, <laughs> and that's what you meant to say. Oh, okay, sure. You're saying you're not lovely? Come on, man. Uh, I don't know about that. 
No. <laughs> good to be here. Good to be well, here. Welcome back to the new show, sir. It's good to have you again. Yeah. Anytime, man. Anytime. Yes, sir. So, yeah, we thought, uh, you know, with uh, it being, is it officially fall? Like, I haven't been even paying attention to, like, dates and stuff. I, I am so, so out October. of touch. No, it's not. October. Is it? I don't know. Well, I know the time change is in, like, in November or something like that. It's, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday, oh, September 22nd is the first day of fall, apparently. Okay, oh, so we've Thursday. got we've got a few days. So we are coming uh, head first in the fall. So we figured what better time to talk about the fall transition because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely noticed the uh, the cooler nights, uh, even though we've had some, you know, still warm days. Looked at the forecast a little bit ago and uh, Tuesday, we've got a high of 96. But uh, hold on to your hats, uh, boys and girls. Uh, we have a high of 67 on Thursday, so changes are coming. I like it. <laughs> yep, Love it. yep. Water cool temperatures night. are dropping. Yep, it's causing the, the water to cool down. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, a, a lot of people kind of start hanging up their stuff, whether it be because, the, you know, um, some people, Brian, maybe you're, uh, in this boat, but, uh, you kind of switch over to more hunting at this time of year. And, um, I know for a time, uh, when I used to take my gun for a walk a lot, uh, that was me too. Uh, uh but then I got a, uh, dry suit and, you know, I was like, I'm fishing all year round. I, I suck at hunting, but I, I am halfway decent at fishing now. So I'm going to focus on that. But, uh, I have a feeling that's why, you know, the hunting thing is why a lot of people kind of, you know, tend to start hanging things up but i think it's really a, a great time of year to fish and like a definitely a great chance to go get your pb because you know bass start feeding up like crazy they strap on that feed bag and you know it just uh to me the fishing gets great this is this time of year is when i caught my uh my first 20 inch smallie uh last year um it was like the thing that sucks around here is it gets dark so freaking early like uh -huh. i ended up taking my kayak to work with me like <laughs> half the time and so that i could at least get on the water a little bit before it got too dark to fish and and but that's when i caught uh my biggest smallie last year so well not only that like you said you know a lot of guys are transitioning into the woods versus being on the water so you got less less pressure too true you know while being on the water um so yeah and i'm the same way man the first 20 inch largemouth i caught in a kayak was i think it was like end of september beginning of october or something that that transition time where you're getting those cooler nights and things like that up shallow on a chatterbait and the the susquehanna i know um historically a year every year you know after labor day it seems like a lot of people kind of dry dock their boats after labor day or you know start packing them up so labor day is sure. usually the last big holiday for uh river traffic and the river traffic around here dies off uh greatly uh you have duck hunters and stuff like that i was just uh worried about that on saturday morning i went out and the guy at the shore on the shore was like hey watch out for the duck hunters and i remembered that from last year and i was like oh <coughs> I, I got yelled at like five different times you know you know you can't be out here you know you're right in my shooting lane i'm like well dude if you're shooting towards me you're shooting towards the shore and there's a house right there so you know right but uh yeah i remember they did uh 
the KBF Trail Championship in 2019 was on the Mississippi Mississippi River, and it was opening weekend of duck season. Oh, Jesus. And I remember uh, <laughs> Sam Jones was fishing this back bay, and he got there super early, and he was waiting for lines in, and some duck hunters came ripping in there in a mud boat. And they're like, you better get out of here. And Sam's like, yeah, no, I was here first, bro. So uh, I'm going to fish here. And they were shooting right over his head, man, just being a bunch of D-bags. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I tried to steer clear of it, but I, I went out like, like same thing. I went out before uh, sunrise and you couldn't, I couldn't always see them until I was like, I, you know, the sun started coming up. I'm like, crap, there's one right there and there's one right there, you know? Right. You know, at least some of them have decoys that quack and stuff, so you know <laughs> that something's around there. You know, but uh, it definitely, you know, when the shotguns start going off, you know, it's a wake up call. Like, oh crap, I think yeah. I'm going to go somewhere else. Don't necessarily need coffee that morning. No. <laughs> Maybe some new pants though. Say, so, uh, yeah, you better be wearing yeah. the brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's something that something though that's uh you know fall time important right like a lot of people don't think about it like you mentioned you know you were taking off and some guy mentioned it on shore and you know it's something that i used to not really think about at all until that one time up on the mississippi and i was like oh this is gonna be fun you know but no, i was it... fishing in a spot those guys couldn't hunt so i was all right <laughs> but no, I didn't. It's it's true, and like I, uh, it's good to at least check your local uh, regs and see you know when those kind of seasons start because uh, I didn't. I would have thought it was much later in the fall, but apparently, apparently this weekend was opening weekend here. So, yeah, next uh, next Saturday opens up in uh, northern Wisconsin, and then the following yeah. weekend is southern Wisconsin and Illinois too. I think. I don't know when Illinois opens, but I know um, like Banner and Spring and Immaquan, like they'll have the signs up that says, uh, you know, um, last day to like, you know, fish out of a boat is like usually around uh, like, I want to say the first to second week of October. It's usually like about the 10th or 12th or 15th, something like that, because like you better it's not good to be on the water when uh when it opens for uh at least for waterfowl season um because you know they got the blinds up there and everything and i mean people are just hauling butt on the water and everything so most of the time around here um you know if i wanted to go fishing and i have to do it before it closes or i'd have to you know travel a few hours to go to a lake that doesn't close uh and whatnot yeah, and goose season usually opens around September 1st, early goose. Mm -hmm. So I just looked at my phone and it says October 9th for duck season in PA. So I, I don't know what that guy was talking about, but uh, goose season might be open over there. Uh, that could be because I did see more geese than I saw ducks when I was out there. So. Yeah, goose huh. season usually, they usually have an early goose season in most states nowadays. Gotcha. Well, either way, that that was another thing I wanted to talk about because I was happy to have it. I got a new life vest. I finally decided I've had the uh, Chinook forever, and it served me well. But um, you know, it has the two pockets on, kind of like your chest. And I always put my phone in one of those on the right hand side. And uh, when I'd cast, I'd hit the corner of my phone on. I still have like a bruise right here. 
<laughs> and I just kept hitting it on my cast every time. So I, I had like a huge bruise there. And so I was like, I'm just going to look for another life vest. And I got an astral life vest that has just one pocket in the center. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's also blaze orange. So, or like bright orange. There like you go. Safety orange. So I was like, oh, I'm going to put my new uh, life jacket to the test. And it actually worked out really well. So kudos to, I forget what the model is, but uh, I know it's an astral and it kind of zips on the side, yep. which is kind of nice too. So. It like it's almost like a white water vest or something, it sounds like, or a rescue vest or something But it like does. That. I'll look it up here while we're talking because uh, it, it's it's really neat. And it does have a lot of pocket space, you know, because I was looking at the white water ones too, and but n- not a lot of them have pockets. So Actual makes some great stuff, man. I used to have some of their water shoes. They were super nice. Nice and comfortable for sure. But they make a lot of like rescue... Like PFD type stuff, whitewater. Um, I think they're actually they're a division of somebody else, if my memory serves me correct. It's like one of those companies that's part of this company and that company type deal, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I forget who it is though, and I could be wrong. So wouldn't be the first and wouldn't be the last. <laughs> nah. But Astral makes some really nice stuff, man. It's the Sturgeon. Okay. So. Uh, hold on, I'll show it to you here. It's actually it's um it fits really nice. The oh, back, yeah. the, the only thing um, I don't like about it is that you know the the Chinook has the high padding on the back. Sure. And this one doesn't. It has like it's it's Low not a lot of padding, but it's sure. mostly in the front. But it still sits. Uh, the first time I wore it out, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like this, and I kind of got used to it. But um, it, yeah, uh, that pocket in the front is huge. Yeah, no, and it fits my phone great. Um, I did throw out a video. Um, I started playing with a GoPro too. Oops, let's see. Yeah, no thanks to that. So there you can see it. And uh, yeah, that front pocket holds a ton of stuff. Um, it doesn't have as many lash points and stuff as the Chinook, but like up uh, up on the top, on the top right at the bottom of each strap, there's a knife holder on the right side. And then a spot where you can hook your pliers, or I, I hook my snips there because I use my snips a lot. So um, it's definitely working out good for me. And uh, so I wanted to share that just in case anybody. The Chinook was great. And if it wouldn't have been for that bruise on my arm, I'd probably still be using it. But I was like, I got to do something because people kept asking me, what's up with that bruise on your arm? You know, but uh, my life jacket beat me up. <laughs> I think it's just repetitive stress injury at this point, you know. <laughs> They're like, well, you got to be doing that a lot. Well, I'm like, well, you make a lot of casts during a day. And when you do it at least two times a week, you kind of just get a bruise spot there over and over again. But <laughs> I digress. So sorry for that little side tangent. But I just wanted to give uh, the, uh, that Life Jack or PFD a shout out because it's working good for me so far. Tell us how you really feel, Sean. <laughs> and it's bright orange, so I'm like, hey, at least somebody's gonna see me, you know. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. All uh, right. Get one of those for a good friend of ours, Mr. Brock Howell. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, even then, like you probably could have been in a hot pink bright orange fluorescent boat and they probably still wouldn't have seen him. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I just can't imagine the panic of, you know, oh, they're going to turn. They're going to turn. 
They're gonna. Uh, they're not turning. Nope. <laughs> and then you bail out. All right. So we are talking about the fall transition. So first and foremost, what is happening during the fall transition? Well, you got water temperatures that are changing, which is then going to change how the bass behave. So you get cooler water, the bait's going to change as well. And the bait are going to, oh my gosh, the bass are going to chase those baits. Um, now, I know typically um, if you have, you know, lake axes that have like creeks, um, or creek arms or stuff like that. I know that sometimes those are usually some good points to uh, hit up during the fall transition because usually you've got, um, you know, uh, you've got current, which brings the oxygen, which brings uh, the food, which is your shad and bait fish. And then, of course, you know, your deeper water access as well. Um, I know I always think of, um, you know, bat, uh, like transitions in terms of where the bass tend to habitat. So like in the summer, a lot of times they'll go deeper uh, to find that uh, kind of cooler water. And as that cooler, the water starts cooling off in the shallows, they'll start working their way back. And, you know, so in early fall, you want to take a look at the, you know, the main lake points where the, mm -hmm. you know, the main lake water, you know, they'll be moving up from that deep water out in the main lake. And the first spot they're going to hit, obviously, is these main lake points where you're mm -hmm. kind of getting into the smaller water. Um, and then as the fall transitions a little bit more, you know, you can start hitting those secondary points back in those creek arms and, um, you know, those kind of points. Um, and again, they, they follow the bait fish back there, too. Um, so I, I think that's a, a really good point and a good place to start when you're looking for them. But It's like, a, you know, the spring spawn, but kind of sort of in reverse, but kind of not in a sense yeah. when you think about it. <laughs> right. I think they're in the, in the spring, they're moving up. The, the bass are moving up to spawn. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas in the fall, they're following the bait fish because the bait fish are moving back into the shallows. Right. Yep. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex, built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primo's. Where there's food, there is fish. And I know, uh... Uh, Jeff Little talks a lot about finding those feeding stations next to where um, where the bass stay. So, you know, if you can find a shallow point or a shallow area that's directly off of a, a deeper part, that'll be one of those feeding stations. You know, if you 
uh, anywhere the bass still have access to that deep bore water, uh, like a channel swing or something like that, uh, is definitely good to look at too. If you can find a channel swing close to uh, a creek mouth, I think that's going to be, you know, definitely a great place to, to look. Because um, that way the bass can, you know, drop off if they want, or if they have like one of those 96 degree days unexpectedly, um, you know, they can <laughs> drop out uh, back to the, the deeper stuff temporarily, you know. Yep. Go, Go ahead. ahead. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, like, you know, basically you're following the turnover of the lake. You know, rivers kind of similar, but a little different because you got consistent flow through there. So, you know, water temps are varying. But, I mean, turnover, basically what you're talking about, you guys, are, you know, mentioned it, oxygen, colder water, warmer water, things like that. Is this the thermocline that we're talking? Yeah, well, that's part of the thermocline, right? Because like in the in the summer, usually it's depending on the lake, you know, for your average lake, like a thermocline is usually somewhere between like 20 and 30 feet, you know, and that's usually when there's not a ton of oxygen below that. So fish kind of aren't very active if they're in that kind of range of the water. And then, you know, as we transition to fall, like the the surface water is going to cool. Um, it's going to kind of sink down into the lake. So, you know, your warmer temperatures, um, you know, are going to kind of be in that shallow area. And then it's going to slowly move. That warm water is going to slowly move to the deep water. That's why when you like ice fish, you're looking for like deep holes and pockets and things like that because that's where that warmer water is settled at the bottom of the lake. And then, you know, as you move into, you know, spring, you know, cause in winter your coldest water is at the surface. Cause that's where the ice is. The warmest water is at the bottom. So, um, you know, as you move into spring, um, that warm water is going to shift from the deep water all the way up to the shallows. And that's why those bass kind of follow that and come up to spawn you know and that's why we always talk about like 60 degree water temps you know bass should be moved up and you know getting ready to do their thing and so on and so forth but a lot of it has to do with the temperature and where the oxygen is in that water so to speak that makes a lot of sense and um then you know obviously in the summer there, there, you know, there are exceptions, but a lot of times they do like to go deeper because it is cooler. Um, like you said, like the Susquehanna, the river where I fish, you know, there are deeper holes. Um, but for the most part, it's mostly the same depth. Um, you can still find them. Even if you find like a little two foot divot, a lot of times there will be fish there because, you know, it's, it's just something different. Um, um, but for the most part, you know, we're talking more lakes at this point because, uh, you know, I think that, that, that follows the pattern a little bit more of deep to shallow movement, uh, than the rivers, at least the rivers around me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like in the summertime, you're going to find fish in both shallow and deep, but it almost seems like, I guess, statistically, like you're more prone to find some of those bigger fish out deep um in the summer whereas you're going to find those bigger fish up shallow come fall because they're up feeding because um you know they're kind of uh 
getting ready to put on that feed bag when that water gets so cold basket super lethargic they kind of just sit at the bottom and they'll wait for food to come to them or they just won't eat Mm -hmm. um and that's why they kind of fatten up in the fall and you can get on some really epic bites you know in that fall time when they're just just munching gorging you know Mm -hmm. um but you know i've found like over the past few years when i got into this like deep like kind of offshore fishing like I've noticed the bass do that a ton when they're offshore in that deep stuff too. Like they're doing that all year round because I'd say 98% of the, all the fish I catch are bloated. Like they've been like, like they're getting ready to move up, you know, and spawn. like they're fat like that and just, Hmm. you know, whatever. So, you know, I think what you get is a lot of those fish that stay up shallow, plus the bigger fish kind of all move in. They pin that small, those smaller fish and, you know, just start chomping. And then you'll see a huge shift where all those fish kind of scatter out of the shallows and back into the deeps as like ice starts to form. And, you know, granted, we're talking about up here in the north, down south, you're going to kind of see the same thing, right? Like, you know, I've talked to Adam Reiser, like he's fish smallmouth in 40 to 80 foot of water in you know winter basically or early 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 spring and down on Hollow lake and he's like you know there's fish down there you can mark them all day long but sometimes it's really tough to get them to bite because fish are so lethargic at those cooler temps you know you almost have to hit them right on the head with your bait um in order to get them to bite so yeah, I, I, I think uh, I remember talking to a fish biologist and he was saying about how their metabolism slows 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 down so much that they don't have to eat as much. So like there might, you know, when if you follow like the salooner times and stuff where you have like two main feeding times a day or in the winter that might, you know, slow down to one or, you know, maybe a couple of days, you know, where there's a uh, they only feed very rarely you know so if you happen to catch them during that time that's awesome but other other than that it's going to be tough and like you said you're going to pretty much have to smack them on the head with it to get them to eat it yeah right i mean like you know i ice fish a lot and i could probably count on both my hands how many bass i've caught over those years of ice fishing um how many bass i've caught you know compared to like like bluegills, crappies, you know, panfish in general, your walleyes, your northern pike, like they're still active in that colder water. It's just bass, you know, are kind of like a fat old man, you know, like they get super slow, want to do much in the colder weather, you know, come warmer water, things like that. Then, you know, you start to see them move around a bunch, you know. Right. And I know I, I like there's a point where, like shad or bait fish can't live in certain temperatures of water. I think so. When they start dying off is when the bass also start really feeding. And then as, oh, soon, yeah. as, as soon as that happens, cause I, I, from what I understand, like when you're fishing a spoon, that's what you're really imitating, right? Is, you know, those shad, shad as, shad. Yeah. as mm-hmm. they're, the water's getting so cold for them that they're just kind of slowly just dying and falling through fluttering down, you know? Sure. Uh, and uh, but then after that, after all the shad die off, then then that's when they're kind of like, OK, well, now it's the doldrums of the winter. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to think about it like, you know, with those shad, you get a big school of shad and they just all start kind of fluttering and croaking, man. That's like 
free food, right? Like, oh, yeah. You know, they don't have to work hard for it, whatever. Um, versus, you know, when they're lively, you know, they're having to chase them around and things like that. So they can just kind of sit below that ball and just open their mouth, you know, like catching snowflakes, right? Like in your <laughs> mouth, you know, it's kind of the same thing, except they're catching shad, you know, it's a, 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 a it's snowing shad for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I think that's a perfect analogy because, yeah, that they're really looking to conserve their energy at that point as much as possible. So, you know, they don't want to necessarily have to chase something down or hunt it. So if they can take advantage of the, the, that kind of free energy, uh, low energy pursuit and just kind of slurp stuff as it falls to them. I think that's why when you, you know, mark bait balls around that time of year, a lot of times you will see bass just hanging out below them, not necessarily running through them or like, you know, hitting the you know trying to really attack the bait ball but they're just kind of picking off the ones as they fall down yeah they're going for that easier meal trying to conserve their energy and you know just get that that free snack that they don't have to work for you know at least the bigger bass you know the smarter older ones you know the little uh, energetic pup ones are still flying around. oh they're still yeah yeah (laughs) they're earning their keep you know that's right that's right um, so, but, um, I mean, it's interesting, like when you think about it that way, right? And then you kind of put that into baits, right? You mentioned the spoon. A I was lot just of times thinking that. Like yep. Jigging and fluttering that, and they're hitting it on that downfall, right? So, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, you know, everybody's going to say, go throw a jackhammer. Uh, obviously, <laughs> that works, right? But um, at any point in the year, I mean, it's, you know, almost cheating, like, like 360 or live scope or something, but uh, <laughs> you know, he went it, there. He went there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, uh, I'm just throwing jabs out there, you know. But um, you know, it's it's that that downfall, that flutter that gets them. So like you know, and and they're chasing bait, right? So like in my mind, I instantly go to like you said, the spoon, a fluke, like a Texas weighted fluke. Um, or maybe slightly weighted so it's getting down a little bit deeper depending on where they're at in the in the water column like crankbaits you run in crankbaits you run them pause and let them sit and then run them same thing with jerk baits like yeah. you know these are all the bit you know you want to throw like a bait fish kind of replication but i think that pause in there is the key for fall fishing you got to definitely have some patience and definitely use that pause to your advantage because that's when they're going to hit. Well, and I know um, I, I, I I go back to it a lot because it was the first time I saw it done when we were filming the noob or not the uh, the Pelon Finn uh, where we challenged each other. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember I was kind of just doing the 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 stuff while Brian you were fishing. I can't remember who you were fishing against, but. You were uh, yo-yoing. You were yo-yoing a uh, jackhammer. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so that is really kind of doing the same thing that a spoon does at that mm-hmm. point. If you know, and uh, you know, not a lot of people work a jackhammer that way. But uh, I think in that, in this respect of this like instance, I think it can work really well. I think sure. that's a perfect application for that. Totally agree. Totally agree. Another one I like to use is a, a spinner bait, uh, mm-hmm. double willow leaf spinner bait. Yes. Uh, silver in color usually depends on the water clarity, but like 
Sometimes I'll pause those, but more than likely, if you just kind of slow roll those off the bank, you'll get slammed, you know, quite a bit. You know, that's a great fall bait. Mm -hmm. That and, uh, you know, you still got some topwater action, too. Like if you're slow rolling a plopper or like slow rolling a buzz bait, dude, I almost matched my PB bass uh, on Banner uh october oh gosh what year was that uh i think it was like 18 or something like that it was it was october shortly before banner closed and i was slow rolling a black whopper plopper in kind of some shallow area and this bass slurped it but i thought i got caught up on the weeds because it just was like there was no explosion anything like that it was just a and i like hooked on it and then like nothing really happened and then it you know kind of swam i was like holy shit yeah so oh yeah yeah and especially in the evenings right because that's where your warmer water is going to be and you know now you're back to that like same spring tactic of your following warm water you always hear guys like you know i went out i was searching for warm water in the spring because that's where fish are going to spawn first that's where fish are going to move things like that so now you're kind of looking at the same thing with the cooler nights the water temps are cooling way down as the sun's up during the day it's warming up certain parts of the lake you know and um you know more than likely your west shore is going to be the warmest by the end of the day because that's the shore that's getting the most amount of sunlight throughout the day so you know something to consider too when you're looking at spots on lake where to fish or a river for that matter you know that mm-hmm. west shore versus the east shore may be a little livelier because it's you know retaining warm water fish are going to kind of follow that you know going back to what we talked what i was talking about earlier with you know water temps and oxygen levels and things like that that's what bass are following that and you know if you don't have a lot of uh you know structure or if you're not sure where to kind of look for bass maybe sometimes in the mornings as well is uh look for your um submerged logs uh look for your bigger rock piles because you know those things will soak up the heat of the sun and uh, you know the bass will congregate by them you know towards the end of the night and probably hang out there in the evening staying warm and then you know morning comes and move along go about their day so look for same thing with docks yes docks are a huge thing like this is a great time to be dock fishing for sure Mm -hmm. you know and that's that's where you're throwing that uh texas rigged uh fluke you know Mm -hmm. or or nose hooked you know just running it letting it drop running it letting it drop like dude killer bite one of those and a uh, a lipless. I was just gonna yeah. say that. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And and I was actually that's what I caught my uh, the bass on the twenty inch uh, smallie last year. And um, I I remember thinking you know I'd shied away from lipless for so long because I was like well there's no bill to deflect off anything. I'm gonna get this thing snagged left and right, man. Um, especially you know the Susquehanna is really rocky. Yeah. Um, but it, for whatever reason it it just I it it goes on the nose like I wore the nose off of a lot of my lipless. <laughs> oh, I bet. But um, but it really didn't snag up that horribly, and that's another bait that you can yo-yo, just like we were talking about. Sure. You can yep. bring it up and just feel that vibration up, and then let it drop, and then just do work at that back to the boat that way. And uh, I I got hits on that last year, the same thing, and, uh, and that's huge. In, 
that's your huge and dirty water too because you get mm-hmm. that rattle with all those bb's in there man and fish i mean it just drives their lateral lines nuts you know it just sets them off you know especially that time of year you know they'll, they'll just come up and hammer it just off that vibration alone yeah and uh i i was uh at that at at that point last year, I was ready to buy stock in rattle trap because, you know, holy cow. <laughs> I was like, these things are magic, you know, and uh, the grass, you know, starts dying down too a sure. little bit at this point. And so yeah. you're not getting snagged as much, but that's also not horrible either. If you do get snagged a little, cause you can kind of rip that out of the grass and get the strikes from that too. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times you get that reaction bite when you're ripping it out of the grass, man, you know, it's just, all of a sudden, you know, the fish seems something comes shooting out of the grass like that. And they're like, oh, food, you know. And that actually Hello. kind of saved me last year. What You know, we were talking about that duck hunting time. And so the duck hunters were all along the duck lines along the shore. Hey, man. Easy um, so, on the duck hunters. No, bro. no. I, I know that they, they got to do their thing, too. But uh, that's right. So right. I ended up going out mid-river. Uh, and fishing the grass flats at that point because I did, I wanted to stay away from the shore and really that's what really saved me in uh, fishing those grass flats was uh, running a lipless and just ripping it through that grass and uh, you know I was able to still find and catch fish and keep my numbers going you know when I couldn't be close to the shore where I really wanted to be because I was trying to stay away from those guys. I just want to throw out there, like, you know, duck hunters, they have to use steel shots. So it's not like you're going to get lead poisoning. <laughs> it may sting for a minute or two. You'll get over it. It'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chick sig scars, I guess. Kind of Most of it's steel shot, maybe copper plated. Okay. okay. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. It's just a flesh wound. You're fine. <laughs> I'm just going to opt to stay away. I'm going to, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They were, they took it pretty serious. So I, I, and I, I definitely didn't want to mess up anybody's hunting because I know, you know, I can fish the river most of the year and they only have a two week stretch or whatever that they can hunt. See, I wish everybody would be conscious of that like you. That's why you're all right, Sean. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. We get 60 (laughs) days. You get all year. (laughs) (laughs) But. Yeah, no, that, that it, you know, you get a lot of reaction bites. So all your reaction baits, things like that, don't overlook top water. Totally agree with that. You know, it's, I've had some killer times, especially when you get like a real nice overcast day and some wind, oh. almost to the point where it, like, it looks oh. like it's just going to storm. Like I had one of my best top water days ever on a crummy day like that. Yes. Throwing a black buzz bait around docks. And oh. I can't even tell you how many fish I caught over 18 inches. Just like, and it was like one after the other. And I was fishing with Jay actually. <laughs> and uh, Scott, who I started the podcast with, it was the three of us. And those guys caught like one, two fish. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm throwing a black buzz bait, dude. And they're like, what? Like, I wouldn't even think to throw it, like, on a day like today. And I'm like, I wouldn't either, dude, but I had it tied on, and I threw it once, and I got bit, and I kept throwing it. And, like, it really opened my eyes because you always think, like, top water, those nice sunny days, flat calm, you know, it's, you know, the blades are going to churn in the water the right way, things like that. I mean, there was actually, like, you know, one-foot rollers on the lake, and, you know, just running that buzz bait through there 
around those docks, man, it fired them up because the air temp was cold, but the water temp was still warm. And it was right about this time of year, you know, and there's something about that, you know, cooler surface temp on the water that just really fires them up and has them looking up, you know, towards the, towards the surface. I know so. just in the past uh, two weeks on the river, the Whopper Plopper has been oh. performing well for oh, me. You know, I, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I I started playing around with that GoPro and I threw a video out on my Facebook page uh, of uh, one of the Whopper Plopper. You know, and the, the Whopper Plopper gets a lot of hate, um, but I'm sure. like, it, it really lets you cover water. It stays above the grass. You know, it. You know, I last year I, I, I fell in love with the Rico Plopper, but this year, for, for whatever reason, I'm not getting bit on the Rico Popper, but the Whopper Popper, it's 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 getting them right now. So you always got to change it up, man. It's it's weird how that all works out, right? Like one year you'll slam them on this, or you'll <laughs> slam them on this particular color. The next year it's something like completely different. Mm-hmm. Like you, we did that shaky up shaky head episode uh, earlier in the year, and like last year the color was black. This year couldn't get bit on black you could here and there but like not to the extent we were getting bit on green pumpkin like mm-hmm. two completely opposite colors it's like what the heck and the water clarity was pretty much the same you know what i mean mm-hmm. actually it might have been even a little clearer um last year when we were throwing black so much mm-hmm. so it's just it's weird you know like and and it's the same way right like you know i talked about spinner baits like one year white is really good the next year you have to have some chartreuse mixed in if you don't have that chartreuse like you know it just you weren't getting bit it was it, it's weird how you know colors and and things like that and even blades you know colors of the blades can play a different role from year to year that's why it's so nice to have a variety and guys you can use that and go tell your wife like hey i gotta buy this color, that color, and this color, because Brian said, you know, it might change. So that's why Brian brings six tubs of stuff when he travels. See? See? <laughs> yeah, right. See? You understand now. You understand the method to the madness. Mm-hmm. So. And another thing, too, though, that I've also tried to been, be, uh, that I've tried to be, uh, pay attention to the last couple of years is, um, you know, like the different weather patterns during like, you know, the different kind of transition of seasons, sure. you know, so like from late winter to early spring and then late spring to early summer, you know, those kind of big transition periods. Cause like you'll have things where things are kind of unstable, but then they kind of plateau for a while, then they get unstable and plateau for a while. So, um, the last couple of years around here are springs haven't been quite what they used to or what they usually are. So like you go from I, winter to summer. But like one thing that I've really noticed though, in the last, I'd say like at least three years. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U S military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, 
the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Is uh, we aren't getting as wet of springs sure. as we used to because I could remember, gosh, year after year after year, every spring from like late March to early May. I would get those stupid alerts on my phone about flood warnings, you know, because I'm close to the Illinois River, you know, and I'm like, you know, I really haven't gotten those in the past few years, you know, climate change, season changes, you know, whatever you want to call it, but those definitely have, you know, bigger effects on things. And as Brian was saying, you know, sometimes there's years where, yeah, they just, you know, this spring, you know, they whacked the jackhammer like none other. And then the next year, she's like, they wouldn't even touch it, you know, yeah. the same yeah. months during the same, uh, you know, weather types or temperatures, you know. And so I think a lot of other things that have to do with it is just the way of the changing seasons as well. And even sometimes with, um, you know, how much snowfall we got as well, because uh, sure. this uh, this uh, late winter in February, we got the most snow in like a four week time frame than we had in like a few years. There was uh, one day where we got like a foot of snow and it had been. Yeah, you guys it, got hammered down. It there. was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we got like next to nothing up here by me. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy what two hours difference will yes. do, you know? That is crazy. Yeah, and then and then what was it? A few weeks later, you were just like, "What is it with all this snow?" Because <laughs> yeah. you had gotten snow, yep. But we were still kind of warm, and it was just like, "What the heck is going on?" But like, I have really noticed how you know weather patterns have really changed in like the last probably four or five years around here. You know, because the the springs are different. You know, I remember when we would get, you know, these massive thunderstorms that would kind of roll through and we would have like tornado warnings and everything sure. in the spring. And now it's just like, we barely get them. You know, we barely get, you know, the flood warnings anymore. So I'm like, well, that's definitely having an impact on everything. And, you know, each spring when I'm out at Banner, I'll notice that, you know, the water levels are definitely different, you know, so I'm like, this has got to be missing, you know, changing the way fish behave as well. Yeah, it seems like lately, I'd say over the past six, seven years, like, you know, springtime, the water's either super high or super low, no, Mm -hmm. like, happy medium, like, there was a few years there where, like, we couldn't fish the river here till like, june because it was just raging so flooded you know um and it was consistent rainfall whereas like you know we were talking earlier like we just got a ton of rain last weekend so the river was just raging um and then there's there's a river down the road from my house but there's also a creek that actually drops into the river and that creek um overnight went up five feet it was flowing over the banks you know what i mean 
because we got i think it was like three inches of rain or something whereas like the summer we'd have like little spurts here and there like Mm -hmm. it was nothing like major maybe like two or three storms but like other than that it was like oh it rained you know like it lasts 20 30 minutes and that was it and it was it was okay for the crops which was good but like you know it never really affected the river like sean was talking you know his river was super low that's how ours was all summer and then all of a sudden we've been getting all this rain and it's it's just up and up and running you know and um i definitely agree with that but um what it made me think of is do you either you guys like keep journals of like um you know water temps air temps you know dates things like that i wish i did so i could look back on everything um i i kind of want to make that a goal for next year um just to kind of like start tracking okay you know the date the time weather water temps you know that type of thing and just you know kind of start keeping a better log of everything because you know can't say you know i I wish i could have done it i mean not that's going to change that but you know at least going forward Hopefully it'll help me learn better too. Sure. I actually, you know, I know the angler app does some of that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, after we had interviewed, I think it was either uh, Juan Brood or Jeff Little, one of those guys showed us like his pile of logs for from ever. And what made me start actually doing it was when Ryan and I started that competition that we have. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I'd started uh, just, I kept the notepad on my phone of the day how many bass I caught and it just kind of evolved. And that's still now actually what I use. So when I get home from fishing, I always write down in that notepad. Well, I have one for 2022 now, um, but I wrote down, you know, what, how many fish I caught, uh, you know, the sizes, what baits I used, the water temperature, air temperature, and, you know, general weather conditions. And uh, so that's, that's what I've been doing. Um, It doesn't translate very easily to anything else because it's just notepad on my phone, but it, it still allows me to look back. Do you uh, make note if like there was like a storm front or uh, like the day before or anything? It like depends. That? Yeah. Like if it's something yeah. noticeable, like I'll, I'll write that, you know, water was, you know, chocolate milk or something like that, or water yeah. level was high or, you know, extremely low or something like that. Yeah. And do you follow so, the moon cycles at all? I, n- not generally. Like I have an app that does it. So usually the, before I go out, I'll just look to see what it says. But um, I haven't, I can't say that I've ever, I mean, really been like, there's been days where the app says, oh my gosh, it's going to be an epic day because the, the feeding time, the salooner times are perfect and, and it's a full moon. And then I go out and do nothing. And then there's times where it says it's going to be a terrible day. And then I go. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I started up my my log again this year. Like I used to do it years ago when I did a bunch of night trolling on Lake Geneva. Um, I would keep a log throughout the year, but um, this year I found my old book and I, it's just like a little black, you know, small. It's almost like the size of this notepad. Um, and I same thing, man. I write like uh, fish the morning, fish this area. Uh, air temp was this water temp was this, um, partly cloudy or, you know, sunny bluebird skies, things like that. And yeah, if there was any major weather event, like, you know, recently or something like that, then I usually like scratch that in there, but it's nice to kind of be able to see like, okay, 
like come next year, um, you know, moving into the spring and summer and then fall again, like, okay, last year when the water temps were this and it was this kind of condition, this is where I was catching them and this is what I was catching them on. I think it gives you a great starting point to approach that day, so to speak, you know, just being able to go back and look. And then like, especially for me, like the important thing I wanted to do is like, all right, the spawn seemed like it was over at this time. And then you usually have like a one or two week lull where those fish are just kind of roaming and trying to find their way to that deeper water that I like to fish. And, and then bam, they're there. So I can kind of keep track of like, all right, now my offshore bite's going to be on and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to go back and look at that stuff. So I encourage yeah. anybody to do that. I think, you, like you said, just grabbing a little notebook and like keeping it in the console of your kayak or wherever you can, uh, even in your tackle box or wherever, and just, you know, jot down that information, you know, and and uh, that way you can look back at it. Um, now, again, like you said, there's times where like last year, the Rico killed it for me and this year sure. it's not working. So, you know, things do change and they always say you don't fish history. Um, but, uh, you know, there is something to knowing at least, you know, what the bass movement was like and you know it's like you said it's a good place to start anyway you know? sure sure yeah like yeah you're 100 right i think like lure may not be the right thing but you should kind of know where those fish should be you know like the general area you know are they out deep are they up shallow like things like that or you know vice versa like i write down even if i have a bad day Right, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often. Just saying, but uh, <laughs> liar, no, liar, pants on fire. But, but even if I have a bad day and I only catch one fish, all right. Well, I I caught one fish out deep. Well, okay, obviously they're not staged up out there. So next year, about that time, or you know, or similar conditions, I'm gonna go try shallow versus deep because obviously I didn't have a great day fishing deep. You know, it's again, it's just a great like starting point or you know you can kind of see like right now you know you can kind of see that deeper bites tapering off fish are moving up shallow okay well what were the conditions like last year when those fish started to shuffle back up shallow you know to get their fall feedback on you know and i don't know um the, the the lakes around you guys um do they do drawdowns i mean when does that like none of the lakes around me do that um for the most part i have the one lake actually closest to me right now they they did draw it down but that's because the uh, adjoining lake that it drains into they're replacing the dam on it so they're keeping sure. it artificially low but um, for the most part they don't do lake drawdowns around me so i, I don't know i don't think i have anywhere in my area that does that i think a lot of times when you do see that it's on some sort of river system like like when they draw down like chick and Gunnersville and and all that stuff, there's an actual river running through there. And a lot of times that's ready for the spring runoff, you know, those spring storms we were talking about the snow melt making its way down, things like that. Um, You know, and they kind of draw down like river pools sometimes like that, you know, getting ready for that, you know, springtime, because that's usually when you see a lot of water coming, but, up here by us, like we don't have anything where they really draw it down like that. Nothing like super major. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they draw down the Madison chain. 
Yeah, so um, I don't think they do either. Or, or the Wisconsin them. River, like, because mm -hmm. you got Lake Wisconsin's part of that. Like, I don't think they draw that down. No. Delavan's got a river run or a creek running through it, but they don't draw that down. Yeah, I don't. I don't know of very yeah, many places those... up north where they do that. It's usually down south at Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, all that stuff. I think they Missouri they does out. a little bit too because Table Rock yeah. will yep. Yep, yep. go into um Well they like, had it where all those lakes were full, what two Yeah, years because ago they time? had insane flooding. Yeah. Um I remember we were fishing in people's backyards in 2020. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was the first women's event. That was in uh 2019, I think, or 2018. Because when I drove down there, it, it was just like a wall of water the whole way down there. I think it was and 2020 because I, I fished down there in spring and then you guys were down there over the summer, right? Well, we weren't there in 20 because of COVID. It was 2019 is when we were down there okay. in Missouri. But, uh, but yeah, I know all those uh, rivers and lakes are all connected. And then, yeah, they'll, they affect everything like dramatically down there. Yeah, I, I was going to say, though. Couldn't let uh, Table Rock come down because Tenny Como is the next one, and that was, Tenny, that's what was over yes. max. And then mm -hmm. the one below that was even over max. So it was like they had nowhere to let the water To go. let the water out. Yeah. Wow. It that was, was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dang it. What was I going to say now? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you know, uh, you know, for all the techies out there, you know, next thing uh, you could do, you know, if you don't want to take a paper and pen out there, you know, just take like your little microphone recorder out there and be like, okay, uh, <laughs> today is Tuesday. March. Captain's log. Yeah, yeah, Captain's, yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Captain's log there's for Didn't he Star do that Command. on like X Files Command. or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot! Yeah, I Let's mean, you could do it in a number of different things, but it's a yeah. it's a good thing to have to to kind of keep track of those trends. I think that's why I brought it up was just being able to track trends and kind of you know giving you an idea or a ballpark idea of what to look for, you know, the following years. Mm-hmm. And again, I think I, if I remember correctly, I didn't. I after my angler button died, I stopped kind of using it. But it for a while, like looking back over that, it it does log all that stuff for you automatically. You know. Um, well, can't you export that data out of out of there and like have it saved on like a spreadsheet or something like that? I'm pretty sure you can. Yeah, I think you okay. can. So interesting. Uh, yeah, because it saves it as trips, and I think you can just export your trips. So Gotcha, 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 gotcha. The one I had is uh, at the bottom of Banner. <laughs> I was on number three when my third one died. So. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I forget where mine is. I think mine's in the bottom of Dale Hollow or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wish they would kind of integrate that. Uh, I'm sure they might already, and I just haven't taken the time to learn how to do it, is, uh, you know, integrate some of that into, uh, you know, the fish finder that you use, too. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. 
We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Because sure. I know you can record, you know, the water temps and depths and all that stuff. But, like, it'd be really cool if, like, you could also somehow collect, like, the local, you know, weather, too. I, I That's got me curious because, like, I wonder if – because I – Typically, when I'm fishing, if I catch a fish and it's on a new body of water, um, I'll mark the spot, right? And I know it'll give you the data for the date and time. Um, I don't think it'll save water temp. Obviously, it's not telling you what the weather is, but I'm curious if it would save water temp at that current time when you save that waypoint. When you saved it, right. Or if there is a setting for that, because that would be... That'd that be would right. be super badass to go back and look at that and stuff. Just, yeah, import that too. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, mine's got some uh, SD card slots yeah. that I can just stick a little memory card thing in there and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to have to play with my settings and whatnot this winter. I got a lot of projects to do this winter. I mean, it's been three months <laughs> since I've been fishing. So, you know, I'm just only slightly insane right now. <laughs> oh, oh man, I would have a tick or something. Serious. Uh, would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would... Uh... <laughs> I know like when I go back to revisit bodies of water, I'll go back and look at my waypoints and kind of see what time of year I was there fishing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And usually I remember like how many fish I caught or, you know, <laughs> what the size of the fish were, you know, um, or you kind of go back and you scroll through your photos by date, you know, and it's like, Oh, I made this waypoint on, september 18th okay go back in your phone look what did i do september 18th oh look here's the fish that i caught probably on this spot because i think it saves the the date and the time you uh hit the, that but i, yes. I yeah yeah yes. i generally just look at the date but um, you know maybe maybe we should uh you know reach out <laughs> to some of these uh you know like uh companies like Morantz and hummingbird and whatnot be like yo mm -hmm. You know, it'd be really cool as if, like, you know, when you're saving a wave a waypoint, it has the option to either like type in information with it as well, or just do like a little short audio recording. Yep, uh, you heard it here first. Uh, that is copyrighted, trademarked. Um, <laughs> do not infringe. Please reach out to Brian Schiller, Susie Roloff, or Sean Lavery uh, for our permission and to right. uh, get our royalty fee sent to mm -hmm. us next this, million dollar idea right there there we go protecting us guys that's why it nice, is that. nice. that's right yep. <laughs> there's there's gotta be an app for that right i mean why not the suzy q update <laughs> yeah like it like it mm -hmm. all right guys well um we're coming up on an hour here so you know like to you know definitely encourage all you listeners especially those guys who are fishing the uh, noobs tournament to get out there um, hit that fall bite as you know it starts to fire up uh, we still got a couple of uh maybe two weeks left in september a little less oh, than yeah, two we weeks yeah um, so and yeah. uh i'm looking at the leaderboard uh we have no Gwyn, who's got 87 and a quarter inches and i'm tied for second right now with 87 inches with tom Arns. He's got me by big fish, though, so um, definitely, 
<laughs> well, I was going to say, I'm really sorry. I haven't judged in a while. <laughs> oh, so maybe I'm not sitting as pretty as I should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked at anything in, in a hot minute. I've had uh, some crazy uh, things happening in the last uh, two weeks. Um, my she shed has progressed so rapidly. It, it's like been insane. Like we went from having nothing done to spray foam insulation walls put up uh sanded uh all the windows framed well, installed and framed the ac installed the siding done and everything and uh it just got painted a couple days ago so we just took in the table uh the wall fan the wall heater and the garage door opener and then now i gotta clean the floor and uh, get ready for paint on the floor, on the concrete floor. And then uh, we'll be ready to move cabinets in and everything. So it's been a hot, a little hot mess <laughs> lately. So I just like, I don't know what day it is or anything like that. Cause I was out with uh, my shoulder surgery for a while too. So I'm just like, it's, it's middle of September now. Like I don't. It's been a blur for, I'm sure. It, gosh, it has totally been a blur. Like I, I don't know how it's September. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It's moving. Shoot. But anyway, guys, so definitely uh, try and hit the water again. Uh, you know, definitely is now not the time to put everything away because it's just starting to get fired up. So right. make sure you get out there on the water. We'll keep you guys updated on how the September tournament goes. And then we'll have the, the, uh, the new champion of uh, yeah so uh that should be exciting too so all the previous month's winners will get to face off and uh see who gets to be uh, the grand champion and maybe uh get to hang out with us at dale hall that's so. right and don't forget uh you know the championship isn't your typical month-long uh championship so we're gonna set out a certain time frame of about. I think we did what, like six, nine days. seven days, nine days last year. So. Nine days because it was two weekends in the week. That's right. In between those two weekends. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna be setting out uh, a certain time frame. But uh, the real trick is you only get to choose one one of day those days to fish. So and once you choose that day, <laughs> you can't go back and change it. So. Plan wisely. <laughs> definitely Touché. throws a wrinkle in there. Yep. It does. It sure does. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for uh, tuning in for another episode of Best Fishing for Noobs. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another ep uh, exciting episode. We'll see who we can uh, get to come on, but uh, I know it's going to be good. So hang tight with us. And um, as always, thanks for listening. We're bringing you the tips, the tricks. To help you rip more lips. That that was kind of it, but yeah. I missed something yeah. in there, right? Close enough the, for who it's for, the right? techniques, the techniques, the oh, the techniques, the techniques. tips, the tricks to help you <laughs> rip more lips. There you go, the OG himself bringing you the tagline, guys. That's right. Woo! Uh, woo! Have a good night, everybody. All right, good night, guys. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com.
Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents. Anywhere, anytime, and on any device.